Welcome to JW Podcast, the watchtower Jenga of podcasts that takes down the organisation one brick at a time. Hello and welcome to JW Podcast. Well, back by popular demand. By popular, Neil. <laughs> I mean, your wife, your wife threatened me with blackmail and nude photos if I didn't have you back on. No one wants to see nude photos of me. That's what she threatened me with, yeah. <laughs> We've got Neil Gardner back on. Hello, Neil. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much, Louise. How are you? I'm all right. Happy birthday. I'm very well, thank you. Just had my, my pagan beheading day today, so it was great. I was going to ask you, is it actually your birthday, or are you one of those people on Facebook who just put a random day up? No, I'm completely honest about everything on Facebook. It's, my, it's actually my birthday, yeah. Oh, well, happy birthday. 21 again. Thank you very much. Yes, I am. I am indeed 38 again. <laughs> this is the age that my son, my nine-year-old son and a 24-year-old teaching assistant at school have decided is the age I could get away with in the dusk with the light behind me. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm not that, not that. It's a Gilbert and Sullivan, isn't it? Well, I don't know about you, but I'm getting to the stage now where I'm pretty proud that I'm not in any institution. Proud that you're not a what? You know, I'm not on any kind of regular medication, you know? They're on, like, you know, those things that reduce their blood pressure, and I'm like, ah, not me, I'm 42, and I'm healthy as anything. <laughs> yeah, that's I think true. That, that's good. That's true. That's all I can hope for at this stage. Yeah, that's true. I'm not on medication. I'm, yeah, I, I ought to be, but I'm not. Look on the bright side. <laughs> so I decided it was time we had um, a, a more light-hearted podcast, Neil. So I'm relying on you not to be sensible, rational or reasonable at any point. God forbid. I listened to the last one. All right. Yes. That, that was fun. The last one was fun. It was like The View. <laughs> it, yeah. It was a different brand of podcast wasn't it it was well worth it though i enjoyed it <laughs> so um we've got a few things to discuss and we've got some exciting news from you at the end neil but i'm saving it till last because i've got a feeling i won't be able to shut you up so i can just end the call at some point go ahead that's wise uh, okay but you've got a few so the first thing i wanted to mention was the class action now the la you mentioned the last podcast but there was there has been another one since then neil and a right. sensible one that I did with a girl from Australia called Lara. And we talked, among other things, about the Canadian class action. Oh, right. OK. Sorry, I haven't heard that one now. Ah, yes, that was a normal, sensible one. But right. one of the things we didn't mention was what they were suing for, which is 66 million Canadian dollars, which is quite a nice, gratifying amount, isn't it? Which works out at 40 million English pounds. I don't know what it works out at in punts or whatever your currency is. I, I have the same currency as you. Do you? The same currency. Yes. We, we, live in, we both live in the United Kingdom. Do we? We, we do. We don't live in the so same country, Neil. No, because we're part of the United Kingdom. That's the, the, the clues of the name. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know who you are. <laughs> we're, we're, we're brothers and sisters. We, we all stand up for the same anthem. Uh, obviously, you probably take a knee, but, you know, that's different. Okay. Oh, but you're my favourite Trump supporter, Neil. We... Uh, well, I know. I, I'm, I'm Trump's favourite Trump supporter. <laughs> Making Ireland great again. <laughs> I actually have a Trump t-shirt. Did you know that? I do too. 
I, I, I do not like, want to know what your Trump T-shirt says. No. It probably says something awful. No, it doesn't. It's an actual Trump T-shirt. My partner. Oh, that's brought... lovely. Yeah, and a cap. I've got a make. That's cap. lovely. I know. Well, I, I think it's, it's nice. I, I have. I do have my Trump T-shirt, and it's, it's good. I like it. Don't wear it anywhere because I get punched over here. We are brothers in that respect, Neil. <laughs> we've both got a Trump T-shirt. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Of course, now, now, now half the audience has stopped listening. <laughs> no, Neil, half the audience stopped listening to a podcast ago. And I only, we only <laughs> have true. two listeners, so... That's okay, they're very welcome. I'm loose and free with people's emotions, aren't you? <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. So you understand 40 million British pounds then? That makes sense I to do. Me. I do. It's, uh, it's, yes, it's like half a day's pay for me. <laughs> As, as a window cleaner, as Ireland's favourite window cleaner. I know, that's right. No, a carpet cleaner now, please. Oh, that'd account for the pay rise then. That's absolutely right. We're a very valuable bunch. But no, I, uh, I saw, the, I saw the, uh, the class action suit in Canada. And of course, it's, it's to do with something, you know, light and positive and funny. And that's child sex abuse. As always. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because the Jehovah's Witnesses leave themselves open to such humour, don't they? Because... You you run out of jokes about child abuse quite quickly. It's it's funny that it's a difficult and, uh, one to to make a lot of comedy about. <laughs> Believe me, I've tried. Me too. Me too. It is. It's difficult. And I I mean I've mentioned this. We we talked about this a little bit before. But what I thought was was lovely was the statement from Matteo Rosan. What a lovely name. He's one of the is he one of the Melchizedek class or whatever they the spokesman for the witnesses. And he says Jehovah's Witnesses abhor child abuse and would never shield any perpetrator. And when I read that, like you and like anyone listening to this, I kind of sat back and I thought, okay, off the top of my head, I remember one, two, three, four paedophiles in my congregation. But they were abhorred. Neil, they abhorred them. When they, when they were discovered 20 years later, they abhorred it. I saw they were, they were hit. They was, but, you know, here's the thing, right? And I mean, two of those paedophiles, let me have mentioned this before, but I don't think I mentioned it on this podcast. Two of those paedophiles were actually a husband and wife who came out of prison and they were re- they came across from England and they were resettled in, in Northern Ireland and they lived in a hostel. Uh, no one in my congregation was told when they started babysitting kids in the, in the hall that they were paedophiles. No one was, was, was mentioned. Uh, and, they, and eventually the, the situation was resolved when their parole officers caught them uh, babysitting and, of course, returned them to prison. My and God. Not, and, and nothing was ever spoken about it. Nobody was ever mentioned. It was just, oh, they've gone. I wonder why. And I, to this day, I don't know if anyone was ever abused by them. But, I mean, chances are, let's be honest. I know, but you shouldn't play free and loose with that kind of thing, should you? You know, and they say we would never hide child abusers. They clearly would because they sent them to your congregation with no no little note saying, oh, and by the way, they've just come out of prison for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you think when you think to yourself uh, about the things that Jehovah's Witnesses would and were willing to hide, you know, small things. I remember my, my brother was sold a car. It was a, a dodgy car by a guy in our kingdom hall. And uh, my dad said, well, listen, we want the money back. And they basically, he basically said no. And my dad said, well, that's fine. We'll go to the police. The elders actually approached my dad and said, you can do that, but we're, we will have you disfellowshipped. Really? Yeah. So if they were prepared to disfellowship a family, right, over the back, over the, you know, over a, a cheap car, 
how how much more would they be willing to do to hide child abuse? My God. I heard a lot of stories about dodgy business dealings between brothers when I was in, and I never believed them. I always... Oh, no, they're all... That's true. Yeah, yeah. I always just think, oh, that can't be true. Brothers wouldn't behave like that. And then I always oh, thought, yeah. though, like, the person telling me was probably spiritually weak. <laughs> yes. I have some brilliant... I know some brilliant stories from the past about that. Do we, do we need a whole dodgy dealings podcast? Sort of like... Uh, yeah. And um. An embarrassing builder. It's not called embarrassing builders, but do you know the program oh, I mean. I know what you mean. Um, oh, yeah, the one where they where they they set up a bait house and they yeah. get people to call. Yeah, I'm conflating embarrassing bodies with the builders one. <laughs> embarrassing did builders. You, I'm sure you know. Did you you do know that a Jehovah's Witness got caught on that show once? They didn't know that. That's true. A plumber. Really. Uh, yeah, and I'll tell you why I know this for a fact, actually, because uh, we had a lovely, I forget her name, I'm going to, I've forgotten her name, so forgive me, but she was a beautiful black sister from London, and she came to our Kingdom Hall. She was there for a number of years. Uh, I know, I do know her name, her name was Verona, right? A lovely girl, so if anyone remembers her, I thought the, the world of Verona, and <laughs> uh, Verona, uh, and Verona was here as a pioneer, sort of special pioneer. Her brother came over, who was a plumber. And her brother was this big, smiley, you know, London geezer and uh, really nice guy. And about a week later, after he had left, he was on Rogue Traders. That was it. He climbed into the woman's loft and stole a silver a silver uh, jug out of her loft. Oh, you see, I think you're spiritually weak. I can't believe that happened, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, I swear. I swear. It, was, it was actually so bad that they, we got a letter written to us from, uh, you know, from someone from the circuit overseer or somewhere like that, basically because it was known to this congregation and it was telling he had been uh, reproved or something like that. So stop. We've got to do a separate Embarrassing Builders podcast oh, like that i would like that very much. we'll we'll put a call out for any dodgy business dealing stories between jehovah's witnesses ones that i wouldn't believe and as soon as the person tells me i'll just think oh, i'm not sure i can believe that and we'll do a podcast on it i have so much good stuff on that brilliant brilliant right keep it all keep it because we've got other things to talk about back back on 40 million english pounds that you understand because you are apparently english now I can't get my head around that at all. But um, that's a huge amount, and it's the first class action. And obviously they abhor child abuse, but it'll come out in court whether they do or not, I think, won't it? Even let will have to dig that down the back of the sofa. <laughs> I know. But um, so the next thing I want to talk about, I don't want to skate over that, but um, I want to talk about this new light from the annual meeting. I was thrilled to hear that. Oh, so excited. Let me... Let me, I want to correct, you can correct me if I'm wrong, okay, but let me, this is what I understand about it, right? Three magazines a year, no more yearbooks, and then possibly in two years, if that works out, whatever whatever that working out would, would look like, then no more magazines at all. Just continue to repeat the same stuff. Just, yeah, like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. So you know what's... Well, it would really just be going to brochures, wouldn't it? It'd just be new brochures. But also, there's another detail. They're, they're, they're going to the simplified version of the Watchtower, so they used to be like an academic version. <laughs> the academic I version. I love that idea. I love that. Imagine that, the simplified. The simplified version of the Watchtower must just be like, it must be written by men banging keyboards. 
It's ridiculous. Like monkeys. If you put enough monkeys in a room <laughs> with enough typewriters. Ludicrous. What's that? It was bad enough. The simplified version, I I mean, I haven't had a chance to compare them because I can't be bothered to do any research on it. I'm guessing it has shorter words and shorter sentences like the Sun newspaper and the academic version. I'm guessing it's got like longer sentences and bigger words, but it's all going simplified. So if you were someone who had a reading age of above the age of 10, you might feel slightly patronised now that there's not an academic version for you to read. Just a, a kind of, it's going to be, you know those books you have for babies that are made out of cardboard? <laughs> yes. Six pages. Yes, yes. <laughs> it it's going to be called, it's going to be called What the Ladybird Saw or What the Pioneer Heard. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't matter if you chew the pages because <laughs> they're made out of quite solid cardboard. It might be the simplified version of the Watchtower's like that. There's just six cardboard pages and lots of pictures. <laughs> and there's a little... Every every picture has got a man on it with a diet, with a tummy that's made out of fuzzy felt or something sensory that you can touch. <laughs> One's got little crinkly arms. Oh, my the, God. The next page, it's got, like, corrugated cardboard. <laughs> That's going to be, that, that would be good. It would definitely get into the kind of people they want. <laughs> no. I mean, the thing is, we're going to miss so much. Can you, you know, there's so much wisdom from the Watchtower that you and I you learnt as children growing up. Oh, you could get it into a simplified version. They just can, they just can use it shorter sentences and capital letters, like, like it's shouting at people. <laughs> oh my God, can you, I just... I I just you know the thing that really struck me whenever I read that or whenever I heard this this new news is as a as a child growing up and I'm sure you you heard the same thing that the ordinary man and woman on the street in fact no man and woman on any street could understand the Bible's basically secret message unless it was it was expounded and yeah. you know brought, uh, broken down to them by the Jehovah's Witness publications so now so but now what what's the point? You're telling us that you don't need the publications anymore? Just give it all up and use the Bible. No, you still need the little cardboard version with the fuzzy felt pictures in it to expound the deep, deep... Um, the deep things of God. The meat of the word in the Bible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, it's just it's ridiculous. But, so when it, when I read that it was going down to, like, three magazines a year, three Watchtowers and three Awakes, the first thing I thought was, if I was a witness, I'd be like, yes! Less to read. <laughs> well, but well, there is that. But you remember the Jehovah's Witnesses and what they did with the uh, the Revelation book? Do you remember when we were studying the Revelation book and you studied it and then you studied it and then you waited when you finished it, you know, just praying with all your might that you're not studying it again. And then they give you a brochure and then you'd study it again. And it got to the stage when you had to you had to put little post-it notes in your own copy. To, to, to update the things that they no longer believe. <laughs> I, do you know what? I never reached that point. Um, I think Mark and Cora showed me something where you'd had to print it out and cut it out yourself and glue it into your own publications. I never had that because I, I was a witness before, I don't know, printers? <laughs> before printers were invented or something. Home printers, obviously. We still had to buy new books uh, from the book counter. So th wow. three a year. 
simplified. I mean, is why why bother printing anything? How are we gonna how are we gonna have those lovely articles about how to bake bread and the lesser spotted guillemot bird and where are they gonna fit those in that cardboard version? Well, that's absolutely true. I mean, yeah, and those stories about people who managed to get to the get to the assemblies by you know wading through crocodile infested waters, holding the book bags above the head while kicking at crocodiles. Absolutely, forget the kids. Leave those kids on the bank. Get to that meeting, brother, and pre- and make sure your kids don't have any money for ice cream because the society needs sixty six million for a class action sexual abuse claim. Yeah, three a year, and and if, as you say, if it's successful, whatever that looks like, that there is talk that they might put the three on loop and just print the same. No, I mean I'd I'd love to believe that's true because it's got such comedy potential to it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, right? And we haven't discussed this before, so please forgive me. Is but where are we going? To, if they're down to just three articles, where are we going to get such wisdom as the 1902 July Watchtower, which said the Negro was not a beast? <laughs> it's true. While it is true, they said that the white race exists some qualities of superiority over over any other. Uh, the black people are the posterity of Canaan, degraded and servile. Well, oh my God. There won't be room for those gems, will there? Is that is that the same one that said that black people had turned white in the new system? Yeah, sure. There's not going to be much room for any new gems. And I thought if they put the same three magazines on loop eventually, they're obviously kicking new light into touch, aren't they? How are they going to get new light out? Or it might all be via spoken word in assemblies. I suppose so. It's also easier to deny stuff whenever you've just done a talk. Or well, we didn't know that. You know, when, when you've actually written down stuff, it's it's quite difficult. It's interesting that, isn't it? I mean, we were all encouraged to take notes, but then if you think if you think back to um, if they're going to the simplified version of the Watchtower, what's going to happen, Neil, is that all the really superior, intelligent people like you and me will leave, <laughs> <laughs> and and we have, leaving a diminished gene pool of of half wits and cretins. And because you're not allowed to breed. I would like to think that, but there's always going to be oh, those poor kids. There, there's always going to be kids. Yeah, there's always going to be kids, maybe. But the gene pool will be diminished, is what I'm saying. So we've t- we've taken yeah. our superior knowledge, intelligence out of the Jehovah's Witness breeding pool, uh, leaving lesser mortals to breed. And so what's going to happen generationally is it's going to get more and more diminished until the simplified version of the Watchtower feels like an academic thesis from a, a university <laughs> to the people Oh, my left. goodness. Well, the thing is that Jehovah's Witnesses, do uh, they actually do think that the information they get is in some way beneficial, it's somehow valuable. You know, I mean, it wasn't long ago. When, when was that? There was a, it was a big hoo-ha a few years ago. Because someone pointed, someone, a Jehovah's Witness, you know, in one of the pioneer schools talked about how, you know, in the world, this kind of education would cost us 60 or or $100,000. I know. Well, I remember saying, you know, this is better than any edu- any formal education you could get. Because oh, it's got this yeah. wide-ranging set of Reader's Digest type embarrassing two-page topics in there. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was not. You can't call the Reader's Digest a, a better education than anything you'd get at university, can you? No, of course you can't. And the, and the reality is, Jehovah's Witnesses magazines are basically stolen from. Well, obviously, some of it's their own nonsense. The other rest of it is stolen from National Geographic or the Reader's Digest. They're about a month behind it, you know. 
and, and I like the, the I like the Reader's Digest. I think it's a fine publication, but you know, to, to claim that it's an education would be uh, would be pretty uh, extreme. When you used to get the magazines with something Reader's Digest in, I used to feel embarrassed presenting it on the doors because I used to think, yeah, it's interesting this article about nature or geography or something, but it's not like it's not the real deal. I'm not. I'm not a Reader's Digest selling person. I'm selling a religion. And I always felt really, really deceitful offering those magazines. I can see that. I can see that. I know. I didn't, I didn't feel that way myself, but I, I, I take that. Yeah. Oh, I did. I felt terrible. I once placed a set of magazines and it was about some animals or something. And when I did my return visit on the woman, she was livid because she thought I was World Wildlife Fund. She tore a proper strip on oh. me. <laughs> it was about pandas or something. <laughs> oh, pandas! Will they ever learn? Will you? Even Jehovah couldn't get those animals to mate. <laughs> that is the simplified version. Three times a year, might go on loop. I'd like to think that's true, but I'm struggling. <laughs> no more yearbook. So, will they just not tell people how many extra people are uh, anointed every year? And no yearbook. That's you've hit the nail on the head. That's exactly it, isn't it? Because um, you can try every year it goes up, every single year since the, the first year that they started counting Memorial Partakers, it's gone up. And it's ludicrous because the argument always used to be, well, there would be some of the 144,000 who've lost the faith and therefore lost the place in heaven, lost the seat in heaven and then they needed yes. to be replaced. But the, the needing to be replaced at such a fast clip these days it's like a, a revolving it's door crazy. of, of 144,000 that's spinning round out of control in one of, in a Harrods door <laughs> they're in they're in heaven and then whoop they're out <laughs> it's true. I, mean, I know I know in my old hall there's at least one she's a year older than me and she claims to be anointed a year older than you that's nonsense yeah yeah and she's been she's claimed to be anointed for years now has she? So, I mean, you're talking a 43 or 44-year-old woman claims to be anointed? Well, I mean, no, they've, discredited me. they've discredited them anyway, haven't they? And kind of said that yeah. more or less they're nutters. And they, yes. the faithful and discreet slave is just the governing body now. So those 145, even though they're going to heaven and the Christ brothers, they sort of they don't count for anything anymore. They don't hold any currency. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, there'll be a hundred. There'll be 144,000 in heaven, but the, the, the members who were previously in the governing body, they'll get something extra, like a pimp cane. <laughs> a blankety-blank checkbook and pen. They'll have, they'll, they'll have a big cane. It'll be gold-encrusted, you know, for drinking their wine out of. Just something that indicates that they were extra special. Why wanna... <laughs> a carriage clock. <laughs> Not the Apostle Paul or anything that important one. It would get something like you got on the um, Generation Game conveyor belt, cuddly toy, fondue set, um, um, decanters, decanters, yeah, you've got decanters. And for all the ones who thought they were anointed but won't, it'll be, uh, look what you could have won. Look what you could have won. <laughs> like bully. Oh my God, it's crazy. You do realise that anybody that, that's not British won't understand any of these references at all. All game show references, we're very sorry. We're very, very sorry. Black and red, you don't get nothing for two in a bed. That's darts, by the way, not some kind of porno-type yeah. yeah. game show, which we've, we've never had in England. 
right, we, we should move on from this. I think. Oh, no. Yeah, definitely. Stop. Wait. The other thing about the yearbook is that we won't oh, be... Yeah, we won't be able to see the numbers going down overall of Jehovah's Witnesses, which they've... But don't don't you know that the reason that they're selling all the properties and amalgamating Kingdom Halls is because they're going up Yeah. somehow. They're going up. Because maths. <laughs> yeah, because of maths. That's, 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 that's maths for you, really. It's complicated. It's com- it is complicated because what they do is they'll knock down an old Kingdom Hall and rebuild a new one and call that a new one as if it's an extra yes. one when it isn't. But they'll build it a third of the size. That's what happened with my yes. Kingdom Hall. It was beautiful, yeah. the one they built. It was like lovely Cotswold stone or whatever stone, it, I don't know. But it was nice. And it was like a, some kind of chewed cardboard thing before. But it was massive. And when I went yeah. in, it was like literally a third of the size. So that's expansion for you. A whole new hall, but it don't fit as many people in. It's ludicrous, you know, and they do. Yes, this is the new thing. Um, you know, I would be really, I'd be really aggrieved if you take these kingdom halls, like the kingdom hall that I went to, Lisbon, that was bought and paid for by the people who went there, and now, and now somehow it's not theirs anymore. And if they, the society want to close it, they'll just sell it, and the flats will be built on it or apartments. To- the money will go to the society to pay for their $66 million class action suits. It's a funny smoke and mirrors one, that, isn't it? You save up, you save up, you buy it, and then somehow it turns into a loan that you never pay back and you don't own the hall. Yeah, because that's why Jesus would do things. Yeah, it's exactly what Jesus said in the book of whatever. I don't Maccabees. know. The book of Maccabees. It's ludicrous. <laughs> the book of oh, Scorpio. <laughs> But uh, no, this is this is the thing. I mean, they're becoming very businesslike. Uh, whether that does them good in the end, I don't know. I mean, I'm hearing I'm hearing tales that a lot of people are are leaving and you know in droves these days, especially in England. I heard there was a, a big incident where people were leaving in England and like you know kicked out of one hall. Uh, so that's good to see. Really, I did not hear that. Yeah, I did. Uh, I can try to find it. Uh, yeah, uh, I can try to find it online, but I think, it was, I think I know Mike and Kim actually did a video of it. Uh, I can't find it at the moment, but Mike and Kim, they did a video of it, and they basically, yeah, it was in the last three or four weeks, and uh, there was so it was there was a lot of publicity about it, and they even made the front page of the newspapers, and uh, there was some uh, some local media and stuff about it because uh, they had these angry families standing out the Kingdom Hall who basically I think expressed one minor doubt, and they were all disfellowshipped as apostates. Wow, I've been out of the loop a bit recently, so I haven't been missing out on a lot. Me of too. Yes, me too. I'm. It's. It's been. Uh, yeah, I think. I think you go through phases in your uh, your ex Jehovah's Witness advocacy, and sometimes you're a little more devout than others. You know, you really follow things. You know, at the moment, I haven't been following things quite as diligently. Yeah. Stuff, and I go, no, that can't be true. <laughs> no, I know. I I know. Don't be ridiculous. Don't be daft. And then, but there is um, Shane Green has shared the elders' letter online that says about the magazines going three times a year. So it is. It's not just a, a beautiful rumor. It's a, it's an actual truth. Um, what I'd love to know is how how deep how deep can the witnesses go back in, in their old literature now without uh, you know before they're not allowed? Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, because I remember as a kid, God forbid, I was a terror. I was a, I was a really boring child. But I used to sit and read. You know those big, massive, compi- collated uh, Watch Turn Awake albums they used to get every year. Yeah, I do. Yeah. 
Yeah, I used to sit and read those, and yeah, you know, I would I would go back to the sixties and stuff. I mean, I was born in seventy four, and yet I was reading stuff from the sixties, just you know, because I wanted to see what it all meant. Well, do you remember in the Kingdom Hall there was always a library, and it was I always had like real old books that had all the Masonic. Oh yeah. I you know it was that those old covers with the raised thing that you could feel, and it was there was always funny little Masonic and. Uh, Egyptology type things on the front of them weren't they I didn't think anything at the time because I was only a kid it was just a bit fascinating and old fashioned but I do wonder now if they do still maintain those really old libraries or if, if they have book burnings apostate ancient book burnings yep. so yeah the yearbook being no more I, I mean I think probably apostates read the yearbook more than Jehovah's Witnesses did because we were interested in seeing how the figures went <laughs> And that might be why they've decided to get rid of it. <laughs> Damn, the enemy's reading it more than more than we are. Now, did you see the other bit of uh, new light, which said that you can't you, you you can't say that Jehovah's name is being sanctified anymore. You have to say it's been vindicated. No, I did not. What what what's what's the? Okay, I'm, I'm just going to assume this is for some evil reason that involves money, but go on, please explain. I don't know. I don't know why it is. I remember back in the day when we weren't allowed to say that we, we vindicated his name. It was something to do with like, oh, he's big enough and ugly enough to vindicate himself. He doesn't need you vindicating him, losers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> but now he's changed. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, he's changed his mind and he wants to be vindicated again. Oh, that's awesome. It's quite exciting, isn't it? So what does it look like for a Jehovah's Witness, okay? They get out of bed on the morning, they get dressed. How, what happens different now that they're vindicating him and not sanctifying him? What happens? How do you do it? I, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. I mean, I'd say you'd still be, you know, as, as thoroughly depressed as normal. <laughs> right. You know, you'd still do it. You'd still do it with, a, with half a heart, let's be honest, and try to get... I, I try to get your hours in, uh, <laughs> get those get those four hours a month, so the the uh, the secretary doesn't bother you. But I'm not I'm not entirely sure that Jehovah would feel that was vindication or scientification. To be honest, you know, oh, it's, it's ludicrous. If you accidentally sanctified him, you could be in big trouble, yeah. couldn't you? Oh well, you never know. I mean, what what what's really important though is that the Jehovah's Witnesses do care about these important these big things. You know, they do. They don't do charitable works, but thank God they know the difference between sanctification and vindication. I don't, but, you know, I'm an apostate, so what's the matter? So I'm wondering, are they going to explain that in a simplified watchtower if you can only use short sentences and two-syllable words? <laughs> they're not, you know, they're not literary scholars, are they? I don't want to belittle them, but they're not um, academics of the of the English language. Do they, will they even... Well, no. No, they're not. They're not. And I think what happens, especially in, uh, you know, in, in the writing committee of what's well, not Brooklyn anymore in Walkell, the writing committee is they get together. They have one, some new little fad comes over them and then they must get pretty much the governing bodies. OK, you can do that. It must have been gutting if you were waiting for some proper exciting new light, like, you know, like the Great Tribulation is going to start on Wednesday. And instead you get God wants to be vindicated, not sanctified. Like what? You guys, that what you've got for me? I give up on that nonsense. It really is. It's so. It's just this desperate attempt to keep people busy by trying to 
to my thinking that they have something more. You know, I remember when I left the Jehovah's Witnesses, and I, I was quite religious for a long time. Oh, yeah, so I, I was quite religious for a while, and I went to uh, a Presbyterian church. And they didn't even make a big deal about it, but that one church funded an entire hospital in Uganda. My God. And they took, it was, it was quite a wealthy church in all fairness, but they, they funded this uh, hospital. They took uh, poor girls from the area. Uh, they brought them back home to Northern Ireland where they paid for them to go to, through medical school privately to train as nurses. Wow. All on the understanding that they would spend a few years in that hospital and then they could do what they wanted. And members of the church then went off and worked as administrators in the church. And they had they were looking volunteers every year to switch them up. And that's one church. Can you imagine if the Jehovah's Witnesses actually did something? I know. You know, but but no, but do definitely get sanctification and vindica- vindication, right? Yeah, definitely. Because you could be, I mean, it's probably a disfellowshipping offence now if you accidentally sanctify and not vindify. <laughs> vindify. <laughs> I've just invented some new lights. That's hey, <laughs> if they can do it. Sauce for the goose. But what is interesting about it, Neil, is along with all of Jehovah's other unpleasant characteristics of genocide and and foreskin cutty offiness and <laughs> and jealousy and all these other stuff, is we've found out that he's also a word pedant. He's constantly on countdown, making sure he's got nine-letter words. It's so it's so silly, and uh, you know I, I don't I just despair. I feel bad for people who are still in it. I saw a couple of ex Jehovah's Witnesses the other day. You know, people that I'd grown up with. Yeah. And uh, it was almost like they were embarrassed. They, I introduced them to my wife, and they, Linda was like, "Oh, how do you know these guys?" And I said, "Oh, I, I knew them." And I was trying to think of a you know thing, and they were, and in the, the end, in the end, one of them just said, "Oh, we knew Neil from back in the day." <laughs> back when he was a cult member. Yeah, back when he was still in our cult. I, honestly, I would, I would, I would, I would think the Moonies have got more sense sometimes. I'm going to segue seamlessly into our last item because because you mentioned. Oh, there's one more. You've missed one. You missed one. What? The Grand Junction man facing sentencing on May or in what is it for 19 sex-related results? We were talking about uh, what was his name? Oh, yes, I'm trying to find the guy's name because what I thought. There was one thing I thought was really brilliant. Well, obviously not. nothing was brilliant about the story. He was convicted. What's his name? I have to get him. Colin Harris. Right. And he was convicted of, of 19 sexual assault related charges stemming from a decade long pattern of assaults. And what I thought was really brilliant was the judge said that um, he was really, really applauded the woman who took him to court. You know, magnificent uh, you know, strength, and he was very proud of her. But what I thought was brilliant was, as the man was led out of court, he yelled at her, "Get right with Jehovah!" <laughs> yeah, he did. They're still so self-righteous, aren't they? Even when they've been convicted of the most hideous and heinous crimes against children. And what was interesting was somebody in the UK group put that post up of that article and said. I knew this guy. He was in my congregation and I yeah. never knew that his very quiet daughter was being abused. Well, you wouldn't, would you? Because if you knew, you'd go Of course to... not. But the arrogance of these people. Can, can you imagine you're being brought down out of the courtroom in your orange jumpsuit? Yeah. And, and you think, that nice time, I've got to warn her one last time. Jehovah's going to judge her. Jehovah's going to judge you. I know. I mean, you and I, you and I both know of a, uh, a paedophile uh, from the England. Well, because we've discussed the same guy before. Right. And and I actually knew him. And at one point, just before I left the witnesses, we were at a wedding together. 
and he was earnestly warning me that we were uh, that I was heading for leaving the truth. Oh. He said, "I've seen it before, Neil. You're on you're on a slippery slope to leaving the truth." And I didn't know that this guy at the same time was guilty of child sex abuse. Unbelievable. And when he went to jail, I later found out that his family, who were still denying it ever happened, by the way, were were actually putting it out that Jehovah needed someone to preach the truth in the prisons. So they, so Jehovah had basically arranged it so that this guy could go to jail and uh, be a witness in jail. Isn't that good, Jehovah? That's contorted in the extreme, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it though? Well, just to lighten the mood, I do have a bit of a funny story. It's nothing to do with child abuse. You'll be pleased to know. My funniest. <laughs> yeah, the the genuine humour in this story because it doesn't involve child abuse. A friend of mine who's an ex-Jehovah's Witness is remarried to a normal person and it was his 60th birthday the other weekend and this friend has got relatives that are still Jehovah's Witnesses and one of these relatives was at this 60th birthday party and he'd produced some enormous banners for my friend's husband saying it's, you know, friend's husband's 60th. So he wasn't like a, a passive attender of the birthday party. He was an active contributor to the birthday oh, celebrations. So I said, um, my friend, I mean, you know, I'm trying really hard to keep people's names up. Uh, my friend, is that... Is that your brother? She went, yeah. I went, hey? But he's still a witch. She went, yeah. So I went up to a aforementioned um, person and I was just chatting, because he knows me from back in the day <laughs> when I was in. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was chatting to him and he'd had um, a bereave, a really close bereavement and he's, dev he's devastated by it. And my friend says the only reason he's staying in is because he wants to see this person in the new system. So I was just saying, oh, I'm really sorry about that. And so I just met conversation. I said, how did you meet? He said, oh, we both met at college. And I said, oh, you were lucky to be allowed to go to college. And he said, what do <laughs> yeah. you mean? And I said, well, you know, you know, most of us were not allowed to go to college. And I just sort of said a bit about witnesses um, being against education. He said, oh, no, 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 that's not true. That's not true at all. That's not, and he got really annoyed with me, and he started listing people that, oh well, I know, um, well Fred Smith went to went to college, and and uh, you know Jonah Jonah Walsh went to college, and I said, so you know two other people that went to college. I said that's really lucky. I said, but you must know that it's discouraged. Come, he said, no, it's not. It's not at all. I said, well, why are they all window cleaners? And do you know what he said? He goes, oh, well, it's, it's my view that, that that a lot of them, um, meaning Jehovah's Witnesses, are just lazy and like signing on. A lot of them are just lazy. And I said, oh, I said, <laughs> why do you think a disproportionate amount of Jehovah's Witnesses want to sign on compared to the general population? He said, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I said, well, why aren't there a disproportionate amount going to university then? You know, a lot less Jehovah's Witnesses go to university than the general population. And you're saying that a lot of them sign on. It's, don't you think that's a bit unusual? And because he, he wanted to argue it both ways. He wanted to argue that they were just lazy and were electing to not. Yes. But when I said, oh, it's unusual that so many witnesses are lazy, then he didn't like that either. But I was saying, but they're not going to. So I said, well, you want to look at that Pew survey, you know, the Pew survey where it looks at all religions and how what percentage are in have got a, a college education and what percentage yes. have got an income and what have you. I said, you know, the Pew survey, it shows that Jehovah's Witnesses have got the lowest 
percentage of college educated people of any religion and I said I think it's um, Hasidic Jews and Sikhs that have got the highest and I said you want to look I am shocked and he goes um he goes well you know I'm not going to do that and I went why because it's apostate <laughs> but <laughs> so we're having this and it, it really upset me because obviously education was my thing my bugbear and I yeah. did go back and get one so I can't really beef about it but you know anyway so it when he was saying, oh, they're just lazy and sign, I said, well, you know, when I left school, because I couldn't stay on at school, I pioneered. I said, I signed on. I said, but I was never as depressed. I didn't want to sign on. I just couldn't find a job that fit pioneering. And I hated it. I said, and I actually, I was suicidal when I was signing yeah. on. I didn't want to do it, but I felt that, that were, those were my only options. And he was like, oh, well, I'm not speaking for your experience. And so, But the irony of all this was we were having this conversation at a 60th birthday party. So I wanted to say, but I didn't because of my friend who might not see a brother again. And what I wanted to say was, oh, well, I suppose the rules have changed since I was a witness because we were allowed to attend birthday parties. <laughs> I wish you had. But I spared, I spared him that because A, it was bleeding obvious and B, I thought if I rub his nose in the fact that he's attending a party, he might never go to my friends, any other of my friends' events. Do you know what I mean? Having been humiliated. Too kind. Well, it was for her benefit, not his. But I just thought, what an irony, him giving me a lecture about how righteous witnesses are at a 60th birthday party. What an absolute hypocrite. I despair. I did. Um, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I try. Sometimes I really am in the mood to talk to witnesses and, you know, and explain to them why it's nonsense. And then sometimes I just want to get get away as fast as I can. I never, ever I speak know. to them. And that, that you was, don't? No, never. I never. I hide. If I see the carts, I just go, look away, look away. I never <laughs> speak to them. And having spoken to my friend's relative, it reminded me why I don't, because it, it makes me so churned up inside and i can't formulate sensible arguments <laughs> i just want to go I, and I, yeah i find and your stomach gets all that you know you get that nervous feeling in your stomach and uh, it depends on the day sometimes i've uh, no sometimes i feel uh, i feel inclined to do it and uh, i do and then other times i just i just stop and run and you know i, I was in the town uh, about two weeks ago and they tried to, they actually tried to give me the magazines as i walked by with my family and it was a woman I knew, a woman called uh, Anne. And uh, she was like, oh, would you like the magazines, Neil? And I said, no, behave yourself, Anne. I'm, an, I'm sure you know I'm a apostate. <laughs> That's quite funny. That's nice. I like that. <laughs> well, Neil, I'm going to seamlessly segue into our last item. Oh, no. <laughs> because about 20 minutes ago, you mentioned the word Volkill. My seamless segue. I can't wait. Aren't you going over there? I cannot wait. I am going to Walkill on the for the fifth of November for a uh, a massive meet and greet slash meeting outside outside the, the assembly or outside the headquarters of the Jehovah's Witnesses. I would recommend it to anybody who's who's in the states if you can get there. It is being organised by Joel, uh, who is the Unwitness uh, YouTube channel, and by Parker, and uh, they're both been arranging this, and it is an absolutely fantastic event. So. Uh, I, if you can, if you are a person who can go, get yourself along, and it'll be fantastic. There's ex-Jehovah's Witnesses and YouTubers coming from all over, uh, including me, if that matters to you. And it's going, it's going to be brilliant. Basically, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be handing out leaflets. We're going to be doing our own little bit of reverse, reverse witnessing. 
in the areas all around uh, the headquarters of the witnesses and the towns all around. I believe there's going to be media events. Uh, also, it's, what's, what I'm really looking forward to most, to be completely selfish, is I'm really looking forward to meeting people that I've I've spoken to online and, you know, I've I've done various videos with. There's Gilbert Gonzalez is coming. Eric, I forget, I can't pronounce his last name. Cowdery. Yeah, him. Yeah, he's he's going. There's going to be so many people coming and it'll be really nice to finally, you know, meet them, shake their hands. Uh, the Spoon Fed No More is coming. Uh, one of the one of the, the very few uh, females are Jehovah's Witness YouTubers, so it's going to be really good. Uh, it's going to be great fun. Uh, I can't wait. So it's a uh, blog. It's, I'm not I'm not involved in this aspect of it, but there is a GoFundMe account. So if you want to uh, help that uh, and you can't go, the uh, if you go to the on the on Witnesses uh, YouTube channel, Joel, you can find links to his uh, GoFundMe account, and that's helping with banners and posters and leaflets and, and also helps with some of the hotel expenses for some of the distant guests, including me. Ah, well, that's quite useful because um, you like informing the people in that local area, aren't you, of the, who their new neighbours are? Well, uh, yes, that's absolutely it. But, you know, it's kind of like, you know, for me, it's, uh, it's almost like coming home. <laughs> it's a place that I wanted to, to be. You know, whenever I was younger, it was my dream to study and to work at Bethel. You know, it really was. It's something I wanted to do with my life. And, uh, you know, and now here we are. You could have gone there, Neil, but those two other Irish fellas blew it for our, every Irish witness, didn't they? When they went over and asked I know. about. <laughs> oh, well, I don't, I don't think, I can't imagine they're going to invite us in. You know, they're not going to let me have the tour. But for me, it almost feels like, you know, it's somewhere that I had always wanted to be. And if I'd have, you know, if my, if, if another, if another thing had happened in my life and I was still a Jehovah's Witness, my dream would have been to work there one day. Uh, thank God. But, uh, it'll be really weird for me, certainly, to experience going there. Uh, but I can't wait. It's going to be such an experience. And I haven't been, you know, to the States since I was about 18 or 19. So, uh, this'll be good too. That'd be amazing. How long are you going to be over there? We're from the third. Uh, I'm getting into uh, I'm getting into one of the a near nearby airport and then I'm driving down. It's only about thirty miles down, and I so saw in on the third and I'm, I'm away again on the sixth in the evening on the sixth. So it's a flying visit. So in defence of the activism, because there's always a big hoo-ha about a po- you know positive activism and aggressive activism. Where would you put it on the scale? I think it's going. I think well, I think people who don't like aggressive activism will always think it's aggressive activism. But I honestly don't think that matters. I mean, I think so long as you're not breaking the law, don't leave people to do what they do. It's it's fine. But you will be shouting at people then. No, uh, you know, well, I might, I might shout at them. You know, if I if I feel if I feel the urge, maybe I will. You know, maybe I'll I'll, I'll rally them with a a call, you know, a chorus of we're Jehovah's Witnesses or we're ex Jehovah's Witnesses. But you know, you know, that's the thing is, I, I don't I don't begrudge anybody else what they do, and uh, and I think we all have low, we all have faults, and I know I do. You know, and uh, people, people contact me. I get contacted by people who have left the Jehovah's Witnesses who say, oh, you know, your YouTube channel has helped me to, to leave. And I obviously I'm delighted. But I also get contacts from people who are ex-Jehovah's Witnesses who say, you do nothing good. You know? That's nice of them. <laughs> it's true. I, I get that. It doesn't happen that often. But I do get people who think, you know, <laughs> people who think, you know, that uh, there's only one way to do it. And uh, what can I say? You know, it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, you can only do what you do. I mean, I've always said, you know, I've always said I'm only a poor copy of you, to be quite honest. Uh, I started 
Yeah, it's true. If you look at my first video, I was, you know, and I have to give credit where it's due. My, the first video I ever made was never an attempt to start a YouTube channel. It was, and it, I actually contacted John Cedars. I contacted Lloyd. I said I wanted to do a video, and Lloyd said, "Sure, do it. Put it on YouTube, and I'll post a link to it on my on Jade Survey, which he did. And that was always going to be my sole effort in the, in, in in working with ex Jehovah's Witnesses. And then, of course, what happens is once you, you know, and you know this all too well, you put your head above the parapet, and then suddenly you get you get hundred dozens of messages from people saying. I've left, I'm leaving, you're a liar, you know, and then suddenly now you're immersed and it becomes a thing, you know. So, I, you know, I, I give credit to everybody for what they do, but, you know, I, I'll, I'm going to go to this with a, with the best of will. And, uh, as I, and as I always do with everything, I, I certainly think the guys who are, are involved in it are real, really decent guys. And I like, and it'll be great to meet everybody. Do you think you could adapt a few football songs to like, um, what did it, what's the football song you're going home in a, London ambulance. Yeah. I remember actually. Sorry, before we finish up, I have to tell you. At one, at one point in Northern in history, in, in my Jehovah's Witness history, it was really just before I left. We all went down to Tolk Park in Dublin to see a talk, a special talk by a member of the governing body. And it was football ground, and I hadn't been to many outdoor football grounds for assemblies. But for some reason, do you ever have one of those moments in your mind when you just do something so stupid and you think, "Why did I do that?" I, I, I was at the back of the audience and uh, he came on and he was wearing an all black suit with a black tie. And I come down with my friends, there was about seven of us and we were in the back row and I just couldn't help myself. And I, 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 I chanted, but I thought it was quietly, but it wasn't. And I chanted the football chant uh, for the referee who's the bastard in the black. <laughs> I had to run out of that building before they realized who I was. Uh, I felt I felt guilty about that. But thankfully, uh, it never got back to my kingdom hall. And, and then I left. <laughs> I'm thinking there should be some kind of football chant about adapt, that we could adapt to your going down to three magazines a year. <laughs> I love it. I'll definitely look into that one. I'll look into that. <laughs> but no, I think it's going to be a good thing. And other people, you know, I've heard some, I've heard some negative about it. But I don't, uh, if people are going to be negative. How can how can people be negative about it? It's not happened. I don't know what you're gonna do. You might you might all be going with white roses to put down the barrels of I don't know. That's true. And to be honest, if you're gonna be negative about something, you should be doing something as well. I know it's easy to be a backseat driver, isn't it? And just say, yeah. oh, I won't do that. Don't do that. You want to do it like this. What you want to do is what you want to do is. <laughs> exactly. And you know, and like I say, I mean, I I've had criticism about my YouTube channel about things I've done. And ultimately, I've never had any criticism from people who who also do these those kind of things, who are also actively involved in trying to help ex Jehovah's Witnesses. I never get any criticism from those people because they all know how difficult it is, and how many nights you spend, you know, trying to talk to people who are, you know, who are threatening to kill themselves, and how many times you're, you know, you're up helping people. And and I'm not I'm not you know saying anything big about myself because I know there's way people who do so much more than me, like Christian Katia, Mike, and Kelsey, they never stop. So you know, I do a tiny thing. Nobody mails me because they know I'm really stupid and I'd make a joke out of everything. Say, God, if you've got a serious problem, don't speak to her. She'll turn it into a comedy video. <laughs> well, sometimes it, sometimes it funny helps, you know. Sometimes something funny helps. I think comedy helps, but I don't know. Maybe, you know, when when you're in the blackest of the dark nights. Yeah, but I think we all, you know, we also need people who are uh, who do it more business-like, you know, who... Uh, who are going to be there for the long haul because most people who do it on the, on the motion only do it for a certain amount of time. 
Yeah, the long haul is tough. That's why I keep changing jobs every two years. I mean, you look at some of the best YouTubers and they're no longer doing it. Uh, I, I think, and I really miss them. So JW Struggle and stuff like that. And uh, you look at people like Lloyd, who, you know, I, I have my issues with. But at the same time, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he'll still be doing the same thing, such as it is in 10 years time, which is a good thing. Yeah, but he'll be doing it when Watchtower are dead and gone. <laughs> he might well. He could, he could switch to a different cults. He could switch. He could start... He's attacking the, they start attacking the Mormons or something. It can take down the enti- the whole of religion. I think witnesses are too small of a target for him. I do, I, I do think though, actually, speaking of like you say, YouTubers that have come and gone. I don't know. I think there's something in that as well. There was a guy, a guy called Truth for JWs, and he did about six or eight videos. They were absolutely spot on for arguing from a, when I was still believing the Bible. It argue you argued from a Bible point of view, and then he'd said what he needed to say. And I just thought I respect people who don't just generate content for the sake of it, actually, because I think you can set yourself up and think I've got to. I've got to generate, I've got to put a video, I've got to put a video, and then you can you can end up making sort of making something out of nothing simply to generate content. Well, I haven't made videos recently, and that's simply because it's not, you know, I'm still interested in the subject. I've been busier actually doing things like talking to people and stuff and you know, helping people who are ex-Jehovah's Witnesses. I've been busier doing that. But at the same time, there's not a lot which is really just jumped out at me and made me think, oh, I must talk about that. I'll probably do a video about this, uh, the new magazines thing, you know? It's comedy gold, isn't it? I mean, if they're going to give you a gift like that, you've got, you'd have you be a fool not to talk about it, is what I felt. But I don't, I don't want to just be out there, you know, saying silly things for the sake of it. Yeah. Well, I say silly stuff all the time. <laughs> me too. <laughs> well, that's why I had you on, Neil. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for your time, my um, friend. No problem, sir. We've had some issues with the sound tonight. Well, we've had a funny line, but hopefully I'll be able to edit it smooth because I'm a cunning smooth. Oh, damn. That's what I meant to say. In my comedy video, I had a joke written out about Jehovah's Witnesses not being cunning linguists, you know, over there. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to be rude. But were you going to say it? And I missed it. I, missed, I, I just liked it. I thought, no, I'll say that. That's rude. Put it in my comedy video, and I feel that's a, a missed opportunity now. Damn. I hate that. You probably only stole it off Monty Python, let's be honest. Oh, I hate... Well, of course I stole it off someone. I hate making a good <laughs> joke, though. That, oh, it's like... Oh, it's like having a sneeze that doesn't come. It's really unsatisfying. Oh, my goodness. I feel bad for you. Well, um, we'll speak again, Neil, on the podcast when you come back from America and you can tell us all about it. Yeah, I'm go- and that'll be something I'll be doing a lot of videos about. Uh, you know, I think what we're I, I, I don't know if you've ever been on, but you know what? You really must because it's so much fun. Uh, you must go on the vast apostate hour sometime. No, aren't you all? Aren't you all nutters? Well, I, I, you know, I, I do like to think so. I mean, I, I, well, generally the, the vast apostate hour is done with more more beer in hand. And uh, I have to say, there was there's a, a guy who started doing a YouTube channel recently. I'm going to destroy his name. I think it's Zeb something or other. Yeah, and he he was going to come on the, the on the, the the podcast. It was going to be funny. We were all just going to chat, and you know this is going to be the whole thing. So that, we were all waiting for him to come on, and he came on to the, on the screen, and we saw his little tiny screen below, and it was him him walking down the street in LA. And I was like, well, what's going on here? He stopped uh, right beside a bunch of Jehovah's Witnesses and spent his entire time asking them about child sex abuse. Oh, my God. 
while we were all watching him, and then we, we were asking him questions to ask the Jehovah's Witnesses, who were getting more, more and more angry. And this poor guy was just getting, you know, and then in the end, I think Zeb says, like, well, that's okay. I'll just take my copy of Watchtower. And the guy stood in front of his little magazine stuff, like, you're not getting those. <laughs> Did he? wouldn't let him have one. And so I was watching, I was thinking, oh, my God, he does such a good thing. So, yeah, there's always going to be people to come up and replace, which is good. Cool. Well, those, those magazines are going to be precious if they're only printing them three times a year. They're going to be like collector's items, aren't they? <laughs> no, no, they're never, they're never going to be <laughs> The only person who collects old magazines now is actually John Cedars. That's, that's the only person who wants to... And Mike and Kim, Mike and Kim, they, they, all, they have a rival library. It's like the, uh, the library of Alexandria and the Vatican Library in competition with each other for Watchtower tried comedy. That's classic. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, thank you, Neil. Um, I'll we'll have you back on when you've been to America, and um, we'll find, if if we if we're allowed, if is that all right? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, my speaking will be a bit higher then. Okay. <laughs> I'll 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 put you fifty p in the post. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's good. I'm pleased. And in British money, that's fifty pence. Yeah, that's uh, that's forty six uh, sixty six million dollars. The Watchtower can help me with that. Translating it for you there, in case you didn't know what British money was. Yes, exactly. Thank you very much to our two loyal viewers. Uh, yes, yes. Thank you both for listening, <laughs> and uh, and we'll speak soon. Say goodbye, Neil. Good night. Goodbye, Neil. <laughs> goodbye. It starts with one I don't know why It doesn't even matter how hard you try Keep that in mind I designed this rhyme to explain in due time All I know Time is a valuable thing Watch it fly by as the pendulum swings Watch it count down to the end of the day The clock ticks life away It's so unreal Didn't look out below Watch the time go right out the window Trying to hold on to didn't even know I wasted it all just to watch you go
try